0: This is the Mach 1 Market Moment with the team at Mach 1 Financial Group in Northwest Arkansas. This is the Mach 1 Market Moment with your retirement income planning specialist at Mach 1 Financial Group, wherever you are in Northwest Arkansas. Thanks for being with us today. And uh, Mike Frost is with us today. And Mike, we have a lot of important things to talk about here. It's debate season. And first of all, let me put your phone number out there so folks can get in touch with you 479 876 2100. That is 479 876 2100. Just call that number and leave a message. It's all you have to do. 479 But as I mentioned, it is debate season, political season, and instead of spending our time listening to politicians posturing and battling for time on television, let's uh, give you a chance to weigh in on some of these financial debates. You ready for this?
1: Absolutely.
0: You don't have 19 other people standing on stage with you vying for time, so (laughs) this should be good. Uh, What's better? This is a debate here. What's better, paying off your debt or building up your savings? What do you think? Great question, but it's really not an either-or
1: question. It's actually both. Uh, It's really a question of what's the right order. So what we recommend would be, first of all, is to have a save-first for an emergency fund because you're going to need an emergency fund, things are going to happen. People say might be positive. Well, I'm positive things are going to happen. So you need an emergency fund. So you need to save first. And then once you have a nice emergency fund, then about three to six months of expenses, then we need to start attacking that debt. I mean, get that debt out of your life, everything except for your mortgage. And then we go back into saving slash investing. Um, if you did it in the wrong order, let's say you started paying off debt first, and then you had an emergency, what would you do? You'd have to go back into more debt. So doing them in the right order, get your emergency fund, get out of debt, then start building savings, we think would be the better plan.
0: Now, you already mentioned uh, paying off the house and uh, you were talking about mortgages. Is it best to pay off the house as soon as possible or keep a mortgage as long as you can?
1: we would always recommend to pay off a home as soon as possible. But again, we got to do it in the right order. So uh, a lot of folks would say, well, you know, I think I'll keep a mortgage my entire life because I get the tax deduction. Well, tax deductions right now is a $24,000 a couple filing jointly. It's a $25,000 standard deduction. So if you only have your mortgage deduction, then you've already got a standard deduction. You don't need that. And besides that, just think. Let's say you had a uh, you were paying ten thousand dollars in interest a year on a mortgage. Ten thousand dollars. If you're in the twenty five percent tax bracket, that means you would be saving twenty five hundred dollars. So you're spending ten thousand dollars to the mortgage company in interest to save twenty five hundred. You could do the same thing: get your house paid off and give that money to charity, and you still get the same tax deduction. So we would say. Absolutely, get out of debt as soon as possible and and don't worry about that tax write off. You can do a lot of other things for the tax write off versus being in debt.
0: Okay, here's something else you might want to debate here, and uh, you tell us the pros and cons of each. Should you buy term life insurance or permanent life insurance?
1: Not necessarily either or. There is a place for term insurance. Term insurance is you pay for it for a specific term, and as long as you're still living, it goes away and you had an expense. A permanent life insurance means you have it your entire life and you pay for it your entire life. The downside to a whole life insurance is most people use it to build a cash value. So for instance, if you're paying $100 a month, we're going to use some round numbers here, $25 a month is going to go by the insurance. The other 75 is going to build up cash value. Let's say you've done that for a few years and now it's a $100,000 policy and you've got in cash value built up. That's fantastic. Now, one benefit of the permanent life policies is you can borrow, you can withdraw the cash value. So let's say you did that. You got a $100,000 policy, you got $25,000 cash value built up, and you either withdraw or borrow, either one, doesn't matter. The next day, you die. How much is that policy worth? The face value was $100,000. You had $25,000 of cash value in there that you paid extra for, and you died the day after you take the $25,000 out. The insurance company is going to pay you $75,000. That doesn't seem right. Same situation. If you died with that $25,000 cash value in there, and it's a $100,000 policy, and you died, how much are they going to pay you? They're going to pay you $100,000. They keep the $25,000 of cash value that you paid in there. So we would almost always, not always, there are some reasons that for the ultra-wealthy that need some whole life insurance There's some reason for tax purposes, you might want that. But but for most people, life insurance is used to replace an income. So you only need it for a certain time for a specific term in your life. And we would normally recommend like a 20-year level term, about 10 to 12 times your salary. So if something were to happen to someone, they passed away, we would take that lump sum of money, invest it, it would throw off just about as much as they would have had in income. We replace that income. So in most cases, we would recommend term insurance.
0: You're listening to the Mach 1 Market Moment with Mike Frost, and we're talking about uh, debate season, things you should debate about uh, in your financial life and in your preparations for retirement. Are mutual funds good
1: or bad? Again, it's the or question. Uh, it can be both, uh, depending on what type of mutual funds you might have. And a mutual fund, all a mutual fund is a bunch of companies uh, I- inside of this fund that a lot of people are funding. They mutually have funded this fund. I mean, it could be a bond fund. It could be a stock fund. It could be an, inter- whatever the fund is, it's, it's a lot of stocks inside of a fund. So depending on the mutual fund, could it be good? It could be. Uh, one thing people really need to pay attention to is what is the expense ratio to these mutual funds. There are some out there that are really, really small and have good returns. And there's some that have good returns, but they have huge expense ratios. So good or bad, Mach 1, we don't really recommend mutual funds. We have other things that we do in place of a mutual fund. But there's a place for it out in the marketplace. But really pay attention if you're going to think about mutual funds. Look at the expense ratio.
0: A lot of misunderstandings out there about the different kinds of annuities. And the next question on my list here is, are annuities good or bad?
1: And the answer is yes. There are some good ones and there's some really bad ones. And again, very much like a mutual fund. uh, If you're looking at annuity, annuity isn't an insurance product sold by an insurance company. And, and basically what they're used for is almost like a, a pension. If you've had a pension and you get a chance to get a rollover, a lump sum of money, you would think about using an annuity to give you a, a income stream for life. Uh, but there are some things called variable annuities, which mean just what it is, they're variable. They're in the stock market, they're invested, so that annuity can actually lose money. And a lot of times these variable annuities have some high fees. So now you're paying an insurance fee, you're paying a mutual fund fee, and so you got all these fees associated with. What we use here at Mach 1 is fixed and indexed annuities. Uh, How we use them, there's zero fees and there's zero risk. It doesn't matter what the market does, it never goes down unless the client takes money out. So are annuities good or bad? There are some really bad annuities and there's some really good annuities depending on how the client will use it. And we kind of use it like a bond replacement. Uh, you don't have any of the bond risk, uh, so you've got some safe money, but you also have some upside potential as well.
0: Okay, we're getting toward the end of the debate season here and just one more question I want to ask you uh, today, Mike. Uh, should you own gold or not? I know that there are some people out there who say, you need to own gold now. Other people say, no, not necessarily. What do you think? Well, it,
1: again, it, it depends on your portfolio uh, and how big your portfolio portfolio is. But here's some facts about gold. And I looked it up here before we had our conversation here. Since August of 2011 to July of 2019, gold has gone down 30%. Wow. That's a fact. The S&P 500, however, same time frame, has gone up 148%. (laughs) So that's a 178% spread between the two. So it's up to you. Would you rather have gold for the last, what, uh, eight years has gone down 30% or been in the S&P 500 and it's gone up 148%? So I kind of think that speaks for itself. And one last thing, you know, people say, well, gold, well, if if we have a market crash, we got gold. Well, think about Katrina. When Katrina hit down in Louisiana and people were looking for, you know, food and water and gasoline, do you think if you had a brick of gold, it would have helped you? nobody would have won it but if you had a gallon of water a gallon of gas you probably could have gotten anything that you wanted Uh, we're not a big fan of the commodities as far as gold and silver and things like that based off of these numbers.
0: Well, I know that there are people out there who have lots of questions about all of these different topics, and maybe they may be debating within their own minds about, you know, whether this is good or that's bad or whatever the case may be. But what do you have to offer those folks who call the number that I'm going to give out here in just a moment and come in and have a conversation with you at Mach 1 Financial Group?
1: But well, what we'll do is we'll ask them to come in. We'll sit down and we want to get to know what their situation is. You know, they may have a situation where they need to whole life insurance or they may one of these other things. But we don't know that until we sit down and talk with the client. Uh, so we would have you come in. Sit down. We find out what is going on in their life. What are their goals? And then find out where are they today? And then our job as advisors is to take where you are today and create a path to get it to your goals. That's exactly what you have. And at Mach One Financial, all of this is complimentary. We don't charge a fee for any of that. The only time we make money is when you start investing with us.
0: You've been listening to the Mach 1 Market Moment. Again, the number to call is 479 876 2100. That is 479 876 2100. Call that number, leave a message, you'll get a call back, and then you can come in for that no obligation and no cost conversation. Mike Frost uh, on the show today. 479 876 2100 is the number to call for your retirement income planning specialists at Mach 1 Financial Group. This is the Mach 1 Market Moment. Advisory services through Capel Advisory Solutions LLC, DBA Fusion Capital Management. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the potential loss of principal. Please
1: see full disclosures at wwwmock one financial.com.